Ladies, ladies and gentlemen, it's the Mean Green Nation podcast. And uh, yeah, I'm playing music in your ear right now. In fact, I'll just stop that. Uh, you know, I, when I grow when I grow up, I want to be a, a radio producer guy. So, you know, maybe that'll happen one day. Ladies and gentlemen, we're joined here today by uh, MGM favorite, uh, Mr. Greg Godecker. How are you doing on this fine... What's today, Wednesday? Today is Wednesday. How you doing on this fine Wednesday, man? I'm hanging in there. Hopefully you're doing well. Hopefully everybody that's tuning in is doing well as well. Yeah, that's that's the deal. You know, it's it's still pandemic adjacent or whatever you want to call it. Like everybody gets real real bothered about anything. You say, How you doing? You doing, you doing all right? And I go, Oh, you know, pandemic, of course I'm not doing right. Or they just kind of forget and I'm like, you know, people are kind of struggling out there. So I'll just I'll just say in between, like, I hope everybody's doing fine. You know? Uh in in whatever way you're doing, you all your peoples are good, all that good stuff, you got a good job, whatever. And if you're not, I hope you you'll be fine by listening to the smooth, dulcet tones <laughs> of the Mean Green Nation podcast. As if that will solve your problems. Um I'll tell you what, uh I've been doing good. And I'm I'm nerding out a little bit over the Mean Green. Uh, this basketball squad has been a lot. I don't say a lot better. They have been better than I, I thought they were. Than we planned for them to be. Uh, you know, because that's not to say it's not like they were picked to be finish ninth or nothing like that. It just we didn't think they were gonna repeat the title, right? We didn't think they were gonna be, you know, number one in conference and and leading all kinds of metrics and things. So. Um, I'm just gonna turn it over to you. Like, what is your, like, what's your feeling? What's your gut tell you right now about this team? I mean, they're just a, a fun team to watch. Like, I think you got to start there, right? We we knew that they were better than the preseason expectations. We knew they were better than sixth best <clears throat> team in the conference. We knew they'd be a challenger to UAB, Louisiana Tech. We probably didn't know that their defense would be as good as it is right now. Like we thought there would be some drop off because you lose a really good defender like James Reese. You lose Zach Simmons, who was a great communicator, but somehow their defense by the metric standards is even better than last year. When you watch it in person, I mean, it's just amazing to watch how much effort they put into each possession how well they communicate on the floor, how well everybody has a specific role on defense, and they all do it really well. So, I mean, I think that it's just – it's it's really incredible to, to think about where they've been the past two years and to see where this team is with as much turnover as we've seen in the roster. Yeah, and I think that's, that's clearly – clearly evidence of, um, you know, that Grant McGaslin and company, but, you know, he's the head coach, so he gets the most credit, right? Um, where they've built a program and not just built a team, like a team is just a year, you know, what you got right now, but they've built the program, right? Because you lost the best player in in program history, right? In, in uh, Javion Hamlet. I don't think that's a stretch to say. I mean, he won... Player of the year, you got you got you two titles, right? One regular season one, and one uh, um, conference tournament title, and then won you an NCAA tournament game. So you know, um, 
you lose JV on Hamlet, it's pretty it's pretty easy just to fall off. I mean, it's not Duke, we're not Kentucky. Uh, you don't just reload with NBA talent. So, um, you know, it, everybody was okay with just a little bit of drop off, right? Hey, well, you know, they got to find some guys or just got to rebuild the team. But the fact that, um, you know, like they they said, hey, Thomas Bell, you're gonna you're gonna develop into a playmaking four. I, don't, I really don't know what you want to call this guy. Um, I mean, he's six six, which is like guard status in the NBA, but he plays a four spot. Uh, he guards basically one through five. I mean, that, I mean, just to give context, he's not really like you know we're gonna play him. You know, uh, he's gonna guard the five for forty minutes. But if he gets switched on a five, you're not freaked out. It's not gonna be an issue. He's gonna hold his own. He guarded some of the league's best big men, and that's. Uh, I can't can't even remember their guys' names now. But he's guarded some of the league's best big men in crucial stretches last year in the tournament. This year, you know, you, there's nobody that you, you're, he's going to be guarding. You're going to think, well, there's a mismatch here. We're, we're in a bad spot. And what's more is that he comes up in crucial situations as a shot blocker, right, against Kobe Williams. Yeah. Slides over, makes a block, and gets, gets another possession. Um, and that was in the Louisiana Tech game, if, if you guys don't know what I'm talking about. I mean, he had the big block in the the game against Drake yep. this year. I mean, he he was always making a play. But I, I think that the biggest question mark was coming into this year, could Thomas Bell be the guy that the offense ran through? And early on, and for the even kind of the first part of conference play, he struggled a little bit to find himself – um, to find out what his role was, we, we've all commented on Twitter. You've seen us if you're on there talking about, you know, okay, here goes Thomas backing down a dude again. And I'm not sure how I feel about this, but <laughs> as the season has progressed, he's gotten a lot better at what he's doing down there in the post. He's more decisive. Um, he knows when to pass. He's getting guys the ball from that post. Um, and then he's finishing at the rim as well, too. I mean, these are difficult shots that he's yeah. taking. That's not like, it's an easy – he's hanging up there in the air for like two or three <laughs> seconds, taking contact and putting it up and finishing. Yeah, I, that's the thing. is that The criticism we had, I think we all had this the same kind of look. It's like, uh, yeah, I don't know what exactly this team's going to do without a closer down the stretch, right? Coming into the season, we're like, all right, who's going to take over the role of crunch time score? That was clearly JV on Hamlet. Um, like we need a bucket, let's get him the ball because he can get into the lane, get the little floater, or he can pull up and shoot. He can cross somebody, do a little dance out there. Um, and so, like, who's gonna be that guy? That's been split between like Tyler Perry because he he could do some of that. He can get his own shot, and uh, Thomas Bell, and that's been great to see. And then the role of crunch time playmaker because uh, like coming off of that, like uh, Hamlet controlled the ball basically all game, and he would get the offense into its sets, and he would make things happen, right? Point guard, playmaker, whatever you want to call it. That has been a little bit Tyler Perry just because he's a ball handler, but it has been Thomas Bell too. Like, they they said, all right, we need a bucket. Let's get the ball to Thomas Bell. Like you said, so he can, he can back somebody down, but not just to look for a shot for himself, but to find Usman on a dump-off pass, to find Aaron Scott on a dump-off. Uh, to make the right basketball decision, which is playmaking, right? And I, I, you know, I know it was not it was not quite the same situation, but he got that clutch rebound against Louisiana Tech and made the right pass. Found Tyler Perry. We get a bucket. We get a win. 
in a couple of games, uh, a couple of moments, uh, past couple of weeks, there have been blowouts. Um, but in some crucial moments against Tech or against a, like even a, a Charlotte, um, he's gotten the ball and made the right play, found the right guy when we needed it. And that's, I mean, it's great to see because we, we have that answer. It's always a question you have. Who can we get the ball to that's going to be calm, that can make everybody else you know, calm so we can execute and do our jobs? That's Thomas Bell right now, and I think that's been, that's been great. He's my personal MVP just because he does so much for the team. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the offense right now, it runs through Thomas Bell and it runs through Tyler Perry. When, when yeah. they, when they got to have something, it's, it's, it's pick-and-roll action for both of them. And really kind of like watching the, <clears throat> the Rice game last week, being there in person, you know, they ran the pick-and-roll at the wings, and Tyler would get deep into the lane – and then he'd kick out to Thomas Bell, and Thomas Bell would have a, a wide-open mid-range jumper. Yeah. He would never take it. It was going directly to the rim. I mean, the reason this offense works the way it does is because it's it's layups, dunks, shots at the rim, and three-point shots. There's nobody out there that's taking a mid-range shot. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing is that, like, mid-range is not, it's not a bad shot in and of itself unless you are uh, – I mean – if you're not, if you're like Javion Hamlet or somebody that can make those with uh, ridiculous efficiency, if not, then you shouldn't really be taking that. And that's really, that's really the the thing about mid range, right? Like if you're a role player, know your role and stick, take a step back, spread the floor, so that way you can, um, you know, help your teammate by by taking a three point shot or at least having the threat of a three point shot, or you have the threat of attacking the basket, right? Catching it uh, with uh, with intention to score. And, and that brings me to uh, Usman, Abu Usman, who made some appearances last year, right, in crucial situations. We needed spot minutes because Zach Simmons, uh, you know, was in foul trouble or he just needed a breather, this, that, and the other. And he came in, and um, I don't remember his entire stat line, but I remember it, they were valuable, like a valuable three minutes. You think that's it's only three minutes. What's the big deal with that? Well, in three minutes, you can go up six points. You can go down six points. Uh, I want to say he against like Charles Bassley, he scored a bucket, right? Or he held his own. Yeah. He fought for rebounds. He got screens. He did the kinds of things that you need from a guy. Like three minutes are important, right? They're they're valuable, um, you know, win or lose time minutes, even if they're in the in the first half, right? This year, he's expanded that. I think he's been great. Yeah, he had like 17 and then 16 against uh, a couple of the conference's worst teams. But what I like about him is that he's unafraid, right? When when he's attacking, when he's rolling uh, in the pick and roll, he's rolling with the intention to score, with aggression. Uh, he's big and he uses that size. But he's not um, he's not one of these guys that's just going to catch the ball and then bowl over everybody just like a charge magnet. He'll catch it. He has enough, uh, you know, agility to use his footwork and that makes his size even more dangerous because you can't just say well I'll just get in his way and he'll he'll get he'll get kind of loosey-goosey and then turn the ball over it's like no uh he's still gonna be bigger than me but now he's in a better position because he took a little a little power step power dribble and now he's gonna go up with uh with aggression and then he's gonna dunk on me so then or if he doesn't dunk he just gets he gets the free throw line all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I wish he would. Dump, I wish he would dump more. He's he's a little <laughs> bit too much finesse at times, which I mean that's something that you don't see young big guys have is that finesse ability around the rim. Like last year, yeah. 
what intrigued me the most about him was like his soft touch at how he was able to score with his back to the basket. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing this year. He's just gotten better. His moves around the basket. I mean, some of the things he was doing to the rice guys, he was feeling the pressure on his back and he was spinning the opposite way, doing it so quickly to where they were already behind him as he's going in for a layup. You know, the frustration with him is you just wish he would finish just a tad bit more with yeah. authority at the rim because he misses those, but you can't fault him because he is one of the best rebounders in conference mm-hmm. USA. He, he is good on the defensive end. He doesn't like get out of position often. He he does well against like guys like Lofton, right? Yeah. That the big body, you know, that's not a, he's been probably one of the better defenders against, you know, Lofton in the league for the past two years. The really the only guy he struggled with and that UNT struggled with is Jemison from UAB and then yeah. that guy just shoots over him. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I was I was watching um, UAB, and we'll, we'll talk about UAB because we, we got big games this week, right? FAU at FAU or Boca Raton. I, I think like that's a fictional place because I've never been there, so it, yeah, it's imaginary. I've also never seen any people there other than like a basketball game or like the football players playing there. Never seen anybody in the stands, so I still think it's a fictional place. Giving uh, out free tickets this week. <laughs> yeah, to who? Um, and, and, uh, and then we, so we got FAU, uh, and I think they're second right now, second in the East and then UAB and they are third. Did they fall behind after that loss to, uh, no, I still think they're they second. Still second. Yeah. The, the, the main takeaway, uh, well, I was making a point. The point was I saw UAB lose to, to Old Dominion and Old Dominion is bad, but what they have is a couple of guys, um, uh, that are real physical and like aggressive inside. And so UAB likes to be physical and aggressive with you. You mentioned Jemison. Uh, they just have long dudes, you know, that are big and physical. And so then they couldn't bully them. It was kind of weird. And Old, Old Dominion was making these, like, circus shots in there. And, and uh, so that Old Dominion didn't – I mean, uh, UAB didn't really know what to do. They couldn't just out-defense them. And, and uh, uh, that was UAB, sort of a surprise. But UAB was missing one of their key big guys. LeBlanc, who played really well against North Texas. Mm-hmm. He's not going to play against North Texas. He won't be available this Saturday. I think they're hopeful to get him back for the conference tournament, but he's a, he's a key uh, big guy off the bench. That was a problem. Their other two bigs, Jimison, Buffin, they both had four fouls in that game. Yeah. Uh, you saw, you know, when OD, ODU played us, once they got into the post and Trice and um, the other guy, Pay, I think it is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're just extremely physical and big yeah. guys, and they just bully you. And and UAB really couldn't handle that. Another thing with UAB is that they, when they're locked in defensively, they're they're really really good because of the athletes that they have. But they have a tendency to be inconsistent on the defensive end. And really, I, I mean, Quan Jackson, he's the best defender in the league, and that's no slight against JJ Murray. Just I mean, Quan is is really good. Um, he's the one guy that's always locked in, but the other guys, not necessarily. And I, I think that's part of that roster turnover that they've had there, right? They have, you know, so many new guys playing there that maybe the communication isn't as good as, you know, North Texas, where you've got five guys that played together last year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, with the exception of one or two, but yeah, I think, I think those are good points and just get into it. Like, um, North Texas has been under McGaslin undersized a lot, like relative to all the other teams, right? Like Western Kentucky has always been bigger. 
Um, you know, like Louisiana Tech, they're bigger. Some of them are even stronger. But that hasn't been a big deal, right? Because I think what North Texas does is they're not relying on any one, like, physical aspect. You know what I'm saying? They're not like, well, we're just going to be faster than everybody and then do this. Or we're just going to be bigger than everybody and that's our calling card. I think what they do is say, we're going to work. We're going to, you know, work smart too. And I made this point on the blog that, you know, you've all maybe played at a pickup game. Somebody just, you know, has a lot of effort, uh, runs around and doing something, maybe picking somebody up full court. That's fine, and you can kind of wreak some havoc doing that, but a smart team will use that against you. You know, they know that you're overplaying the passing lanes, and they'll fake it, and then they'll get a back cut on you. And then so all that aggression that you had is just misplaced, and now you're just giving up easy buckets. Um but what North Texas does is they, they lock in on every single thing, right? They'll deny. They'll, they'll guard the cut. They, they know the, you know, they study enough. They're prepared so they know what kind of sets they're running. They're not surprised that you're setting up in a, a given set and getting ready to run a play. And I think those kinds of, kinds of things, you know, make the difference. Uh, we've seen it, right? We've seen them lock down Western Kentucky when it mattered, um, you know, in the conference tournament. Um, you know, Old Dominion down the stretch last year. This season we've seen him, you know, uh, make key stops on the way to making a comeback against Louisiana Tech and then even getting up a little bit against Louisiana Tech. Uh, against the Charlotte, against the Old Dominion that has that physicality. We're like, that's fine. Just because you're bigger than us or you're more physical, you're going to get, you know, five possessions where we just can't really do anything about it. But we're not going to get let you get those other ones, right? We're gonna If you're going to beat us, you're going to have to just out-physical us you know, for 40 possessions a game. And no team is willing or able to do that every time. Like, you have to execute, right? You got to you gotta play basketball. You got to get free throws. You have to hit open jumpers. You have to, you know, other guys have to contribute. And that's where you win and lose a game. And I think North Texas makes a point of winning those other things. They say, we're not going to give you, um, you know, easy buckets, easy layups. We're going to get back on defense. We're going to – Try not to foul. We're not going to give you easy, you know, free throws. We're not going to give you runouts because we're so deliberate <laughs> on offense. Uh, now, all that said, there are some weaknesses in, on this team, uh, but you know, we'll talk about those in a second. Um, I think I just I still want to just geek out about how good they are. What else makes this team good? To you know, I, I, on Twitter, I've been like piggybacking off of Thomas Bell's quote from a couple games ago where once they started to focus to the, or um, turn their attention to the details. Right. And that, that was getting back into kind of what you were, you were talking about that when they focus on the attention to details of possession to possession, that's what makes them so good. Mm-hmm. It, it's those little bitty things where they're not getting out of position. They're not, you know, the communication is there. That's what you don't see everybody, all these other teams, um, do well and North Texas does extremely well. They make it a point that we're going to win one possession at a time. Everybody else is thinking about, you know, the scoreboard or, you know, Hey, we're down by five or we're down by six or whatever. Whereas North Texas is, I need to win this possession right here. And that's all my focus is on. That's what all my efforts going to be on. Right. And I think that's what kind of separates them. The other thing is that, you see a lot of teams that are really good defensively in college basketball, and then they can't do the same thing offensively. North Texas 
is really good defensively, but they're also efficient offensively. So it's not like watching paint dry, uh, you know, with um, maybe like, you know, Virginia this year, who's not as great offensively, or like even San Diego State. You know, they've been great on defense for forever, and they've had a couple of years where they've been really good offensively this year. I mean, it's just they're, they're terrible offensively. North Texas can do a little bit of everything on offense. They can throw it into the post. They can dribble drive. They can hit threes with really high efficiency. And they go like Texas Tech. Everybody loves Texas Tech's defense. And then you go look at their three-point shooting, and they're one of the worst in the history of the Big 12, right? <laughs> and you see North Texas where they were struggling a little bit early in the year for three-point shooting, but now they're top, top in Conference USA. They're shooting over – almost over 40% because you got guys like Tyler Perry and Drez and J.J. Murray who stepped up to be a pretty good three-point shooter lately. Those guys are knocking down open shots. So, I, I mean, that's – to me, that's one thing that's really stood out is they're being able to win possessions on both ends of the floor. Yeah, I, I think – sorry, I just uh, – I got distracted by, by an email. Um, yeah, I, I think – Focusing on a single possession, right? I think you're saying the details. Winning this one, this possession on defense, winning this next one on offense means that you're valuing every possession. And like I said, maybe you get 50, 60 possessions. So that's 50 or 60 that you care about, right? And that goes back to what every coach ever has talked about, uh, being smart with the ball, valuing the ball. You see a lot of teams, and I watch a lot of Conference USA basketball. And, you know, I even get into some arguments with some people like, no, 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 Southern Miss is actually good. And then you look over at the record and like, nah, son, they ain't good at all. (laughs) And the thing is, you watch them play, you can see, you know, what fans, you know, real myopic fans are like, no, no, look at this guy, this one player, he's very good. It's like, yeah, for three or four possessions, he looks unguardable. And then another three or four possessions, he turns the ball over or takes terrible shots. So on 50% of possessions, he's good. But that's, you know, you, you need to win every time. And, and that's the thing about North Texas basketball, as you said. Because they value and then they execute these things, right? It's one thing to say, well, I really care really, really hard about it. But then, you know, can you a- actually make something happen? They have the talent to, to take advantage of that, right? Um, and that's something uh, that we haven't always seen, right? There's been an evolution of North Texas basketball where – you can see we're like, man, if we had a guy with a shooter, they would this offense would be really good because teams are saying, we'll leave this dude open or, or, or this, that, and the other. Or maybe a guy that was going to be relied upon to be a shooter or relied upon to be a second scorer wasn't really doing that, right? We've had a couple of those guys. Uh, but now, like you think about like McBride, he's hit big shots as a standstill shooter in the conference tournament. Uh, and now he's, he's kind of taken – more possessions where he can be like the, the, the initiator of the offense or is catching it and, and attacking the basket on the dribble drive. That adds variety to your, to your team, and it means that it's harder to prepare. It, you can't just say, all right, North Texas, we're just going to shut down Tyler Perry. Once we do that, we're good, right? You can't do that because then we got Thomas Bell. And then you're like, okay, well, these two guys, we'll double them every time they get the ball. They're good enough distributors of the ball and then everybody else, Scott attacking the basket. We talked about Usman uh, attacking the basket and being able to score. Uh, and then McBride, Murray being able to shoot. All these guys can do something, and they can make you pay. And then, uh, you know, so North Texas gets you back to guarding them straight up. They don't, they don't make mistakes. Well, 
they turn the ball over. What I'm saying, but they don't. They make effortful mistakes. They're trying to make a play, and then you know that's a turnover. They're not sloppy with the ball at midcourt or just throwing the ball out of bounds or something like that. That's how you lose games. Um, so yeah, I, I I totally agree with you. Really good offense that are like one or two inefficiency basically all season behind like UAB or, or Tech or something like that. Basically, what your eyes are telling you, are like, man, this is a good team. It is a good team. We got a good basketball team. You should be proud of them. Should support them. Go to the games. Buy the subscription. Don't you know? Don't feel like you're wasting your money to buy the Conference USA TV. I mean, it's a it's a terrible uh, thing, but you're you're paying to watch North Texas basketball, not not to make Conference USA TV the you know rich or anything like that. Yeah, the the two dudes filming the game, looking at their phone. <laughs> like yeah, yeah, not much is going on here, you know. Uh, I don't know why we're here, but Rice is paying us, so we should uh, film this game. Yeah, I mean that's hopefully uh, you know going to the AAC means that there's going to be some professional, you know, videographers there, like maybe a, a guy that's that's been paid to do it for like ten years or something like that, and not, hey kid, how about you get up here and uh, get a hold of this camera, see what's going on. <laughs> Let's see if uh, yeah, I mean that's, a, that's all they had. They had two cameras that were right next to each other, <laughs> and then a um, the third one was the a little handheld that the team guy had hooked yeah. up to his, his laptop that he was um, <laughs> doing because the, the rice like staffer came up after the game to collect the laptop. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I mean, I don't know. On the one hand, I'm, I'm appreciative. I'm glad we could watch it. At least it's in HD. I remember watching like North Texas versus like Arkansas State on like the the most terrible possible stream where I'm looking I'm like squinting it looks like Super Nintendo quality you know graphics you know that's what you're looking at I'm like I think that's us there's a green dot and then there's like a white dot I think we're definitely the that's, green That's when you just go to the radio and yeah, just yeah. let them describe it to you I'm like I'm not going to fight it I don't know what's <laughs> going on yeah. I'm gonna let George tell me, and I mean th- those, th- you know, those games were exciting back then, and yeah. I mean they're we're exciting now, and hopefully when we go to the AAC, the like you said, an increased level of professionalism. <laughs> hey, look, these guys—they uh, know who the players are on it on the on the floor. That's amazing. Uh, all right, so let's talk a little bit about these teams coming up. FAU has been a surprise team, and in any given basketball season, there's always going to be a surprise team. Uh, Florida Atlantic briefly led the the conference, I think, in like you know for like two weeks. You know, they've got some surprise wins. If you want my opinion, and you're listening to our podcast, and I'm talking to you, so you must want my opinion. I think uh, FAU is they're really propped up more by like Western Kentucky being down, and like Marshall being very down, like so like uh, uh, ridiculously down. And just the whole East being weaker than you know in years past, uh, so that's why FAU is good. I mean, they're not they're not particularly uh, scary. You know, they they can beat somebody. They have enough offense. Michael Forrest, I think he's like a four year player there. There's a couple of guys that you know they're pretty good and they can score at home. You know, they 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 were a little um, ridiculous at home last year. It was hard to tell whether or not that was because they were beating terrible teams or they were actually good last year because the the schedule was weird, right? So they were playing FAU twice, FIU twice, and it just, you know, everything was weird uh, last year, if you remember, where you just had back-to-back games like Friday, Saturday. But FAU was like blowing teams out. It was like a 50-point win, 
So this year, you know, they're they're doing well at home. Uh, but again, there's nobody top to bottom where you're just like this team is somebody to be afraid of in the conference tournament. Outside of your normal, hey, they can any team can beat anybody. You know, you get hot one day. Um, that's uh, that's my take. What do you what do you think about FAU? I think North Texas is fully aware of the win streak that they have at home. They respect what FAU has done at home, what they've done all season. Dusty May, their head coach, he's done a great job. I think he he is a UAB transplant, so he could help him out this week by beating North Texas. Mm -hmm. I think he was on their coaching staff. But, I mean, they're they're third in the conference in defensive efficiency. I think they're like fourth in the conference in offensive efficiency. So their their stats are, are there. They have some good players. They do have some decent size down low. Um, like you said, they they are helped out a little bit by the, the East being down overall, specifically um, Western Kentucky. But they're still winning games, right? They're yeah. still doing what they need to do, taking care of business at home. And while it's may not be the toughest environment because there isn't a lot of people there. Um, they're still winning and it's still a tough place to play. So, well, I mean, definitely like, like, like you said, North Texas takes everybody seriously and you have to, right? Like if you go into any game thinking, well, in this one, we only need to give 70%. That's, that's how you lose games, right? Like you as a fan, you can be like, well, we'll be all right. But the players as players, they're taking it. You know, you got to prepare like, like, you know, this is a championship game. Uh, you got to play like it's a championship game. Or yeah, else I mean, you won't, yeah, you won't be ready to play in a championship game. Look around the country because you have teams like Vermont who hadn't lost in conference play. They lost the other day to Hartford on a last-second tip-in. Wyoming just got ranked in a tough Mountain West. Mm -hmm. They're ranked 22nd. They go into New Mexico. They lose last night. Um, but the other Iona, they were everybody's Wait, darling. Did I, did I see that New Mexico has Jamal Mashburn Jr.? Damn. Yes, and they have um, – I think Eddie House's son as well. Dang it! See, that's how, that's how you know we're getting old because I'm I reckon I like Junior. I remember when that guy played in the NBA. Their 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 backcourt is extremely good, and um, they're the reason. Like House had like thirty points last night against them, um, and then they have Little Patino coaching them. <laughs> it's like everybody Junior. It's like I, I saw all their dads play or coach or something like that. Yeah, but like I was saying, Iona, you know, they lost two games now in their conference, and everybody thought that, you know, they were amazing. It happens. It's tough to win conference games on the road and just continue to dominate your conference. You're mm -hmm. going to have your slip-up. Where North Texas benefits is that their defense travels. You can have a bad shooting night. You can have a bad run happen. Louisiana Tech, you know, they go on the huge run. How did North Texas get back on that game? Well, it wasn't – they didn't really go on, like, some huge run, right? But they just slowly started to creep back because they could get stop after stop. It's like, look, guys, we're going to be okay. Let's just, let's just get stops. Let's just focus on the defensive end. We'll be okay. Um, so, you know, if FAU comes out shooting lights out, really for North Texas is can they stop them, right? Can they slow them down then afterwards, get back to what they do? And, you know, they'll be fine. So, I, I mean, I don't think it's a game to really, like, you know, you get all uptight. It's not a trap game, right? Florida Atlantic, they're a threat to make, you know, the conference championship game. I think if you were going to put the levels out there, 
UAB and UNT, they're, they're top. They're one and two or 1A, 1B, however you want to say it. Then your next level of group is, is Louisiana Tech, Middle Tennessee, FAU, and, and maybe Western Kentucky. Yeah, I, I, I put it like North Texas, Louisiana Tech, UAB as like that top tier group. And then the next level is like Middle Tennessee, Western. And then you probably, I put like right below that, kind of like a B is like FAU. And for me, for me, Louisiana Tech's got to go beat somebody. Right, they gotta, I do. They, I if, do respect that that opinion. Well, I, I, here's here's kind of what I'm getting at, and I don't mean to cut you off. I just trying to watch this clock here, but um, that Tech has a lot of guys: Kobe Williams, Kenneth Lofton, Amari Archibald, just a lot of dudes on their squad that were part of a very good team last year. Right, so uh, like last year's Louisiana Tech team, for you know, by a lot of a measure, by a lot of measures was the best team in this conference. Uh, I think they had one of the best records. They had one of the best efficiency things. Their defense was very good. Their offense was very good. North Texas did a great job. It was a hell of an accomplishment to beat Louisiana Tech uh, in the conference tournament because they were a good team. And, uh, I mean, you could maybe make the argument if, like, Kobe Williams didn't have his hand hurt or something like that, then things would have been different. But that's the game. Um, So I, I respect them for those reasons, and I feel like, you can't count them out because when it comes down to it, they have guys that have been through it and have won. You know, like they, they made a run after the tournament. They won like uh, in the, um, what is it called, the NIT, right? They they did yeah. really well. In there. So I, I just respect them for that. But I, I do, I think you make a good point that this year they have to, you know, they've, they've won some things, but they have to demonstrate that the team as currently constructed can win. So I, I respect Yeah, I mean, I, I respect them, too. I just don't think they're on UAB, UNT's level right now. Yeah, I can see that. So, um, all right, so FAU, that, that's coming up, right? Uh, what am I looking at right now? I'm looking at Florida Atlantic and who they lost to. Um, they lost to Middle Tennessee kind of early, like early conference season. Right? The conference season started in January. They lost to Middle Tennessee and then lost to UAB. Um, you know, by like 10 or 11, both of those games, it looked like, well, that was kind of it. They won a little three-game win streak. Charlotte, they beat Western, uh, and then they beat Marshall. Right, Marshall, we, we found out, is sort of a fraud. Then they lost to UTEP away, and I don't know that. Depending on your opinion of UTEP, you think it's a it's a it's a respectable loss, or you're like, oh well, that's tough. Then they beat UTSA, which is garbage. They beat Tech at home, right? And that was a that was a surprise one that kind of made you raise at least one eyebrow, not both. At least one. <laughs> then they, they they beat Southern Miss, and they beat Old Dominion. Old Dominion is a solid team, and I think beating them is a thing. And they they blew them out too. That's the other part, right? They didn't just just win. Then here for me, this is like a game. Like okay, let's see who you really are, right? Like you went on this little win streak. You're you're leading the conference. You got a down Western Kentucky team with their backs against the wall a little bit, right? Uh, and then it's it's in Bowling Green. So let's see how good you are, because t- for me. That's when it matters. Right? It's, I don't say it's easy, but it's easier to win regular season games, right? When people have drama and they're, you know, thinking about it, they got class, girlfriends, whatever, right? It just, it's a Thursday night, you know, maybe it's a Saturday. It's, it's sort of, it's easier because people are distracted. Conference tournament time, you know, it's cleared out. You're in a hotel room, you're locked in. It's all about this thing and these games matter, right? There's more TV, you see like, you know, the CBS people out there. It it means more more eyes are on it, right? And that's that's when it's tougher to win. The 
nearest analog to that, I think, is when you're playing a good team on the road when they are, you know, when their back's against the wall. Western Kentucky, they're getting a lot of questions asked of them, like, what's happening? What are we going to do? So you got some pride. You have, you know, they're at home, uh, and it's time for them to make a run. So Florida Atlantic was going to say, hey, you know what? Let's come out here and make a statement. We're going to beat Western at Western and show who, you know, everybody that we're the new kings of the East. That was the time to do it. I thought that they just they didn't really execute. They looked like, ah, well, you know, tonight's our night. It's not our night. We're just going to go home, I guess. Well, you know, we gave it a good effort. And, I mean, we're kind of good, right, guys? I mean, it's not all bad. So, to me, I, I feel like th- that's kind of what happened there. But they get another chance of that. Maybe maybe that stung them a little bit. They're at home. It's another Thursday. Maybe maybe they look at this North Texas game as a chance to do everything I said, show that they, they're serious. Yeah, I, I think the, the – the good thing is UAB lost to Old Dominion on Sunday, which helps out a little bit for North Texas, in my opinion, because some of that game lost its luster, mm-hmm. right? So the you know the players might not be looking extremely ahead to UAB. You know, maybe yeah. they probably weren't, but now that they're pro- they're really not looking ahead to it. There, I expect FAU is going to give North Texas their best effort, right? So yeah. if, in order. How well does North Texas have to be to beat FAU's best effort? Well, mm-hmm. really, it's that consistency thing that we've talked about, that North Texas focus attention to details, possession to possession, be the more consistent team for the 40 minutes. Even if FAU has a couple runs here and there, North Texas should still win, right? So, you know, again, FAU, they're dangerous. They're at home. They've won 10 in a row. They've got good players. They're one of the better teams in the East. You know, it's it's going to be a tough game for North Texas. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Um, what am I looking at now? So this is the thing about North Texas, right, and, and, and with lots of teams, right? The other part of it, uh, a team making a run, you know, coming out of nowhere, is that nobody takes them seriously, and then all of a sudden they get good, and so then teams, they get a little extra attention. And that's not to say that these these guys don't, you know, take pride in all these other things. But everybody knows when a game matters, and everybody knows when it doesn't, right? Every, you know when it's a big game. These players know. They get the stats. They know who's what. They, they know who's good. And we're all human. They're human. They get up for uh, a team that, you know, that's number one in the standings more than they do the team that's bottom of the standings, right? And if they could, you know, control that on their own, they wouldn't need coaches. We wouldn't need to pay any coaches. We just pay, you know, we just pay scholarships for 15 dudes and they'll organize themselves. Uh, that's not how it works. So, yeah, I, I do think that's a good point about uh, about that UAB game. It loses a little bit of its hype. Um, and I said, just getting back to FAU, I think that's that's one of those things where, like, I don't know that they're ready, um, you know, for being looked at as, like, oh, FAU's coming to town, their number one team. We're going to give, like, yeah, it's not maybe 10% extra, but we're going to make sure that we, we're we really ready for them. Uh, we're not going to just do a cursory look through their playbook. We're going to really be prepared for everything they have. Um, you know, those kinds of things. Uh, a, a note about what, we, what you said there, and I wrote a little bit about this, and I'm trying to remember everything I said, but if you're looking at North Texas and you're like, all right, so what does this all mean? I'm not a big basketball guy. I don't really know, you know, like, Regular season, do we win it? What does it all mean? All right. If we win the regular season, then we're guaranteed an NIT spot. And I think that's still true, right? That hasn't changed or anything? 
mostly? It, it, yes, it is still true. I don't really know, and I haven't seen documentation um, on how they handle the divisions. Yeah. Right. Does does the division East Division get an NIT bid, and does either way, if North Texas loses maybe one or two more games, wins the West, or even if they don't win the West, I think they're a lock to get an NIT. Yeah. Bid. Yeah, Louisiana Tech, West Kentucky, both uh, semifinalists, and West Kentucky was obviously the the loser of the championship game. They made the NIT last year. Um, so. There you go. They ended up being in the same bracket. That was kind of lame, but but they were deserving. So yeah, this yeah. year, like if you have Middle Tennessee win the East, are they going to get to go to the NIT? I don't. I don't think so. Yeah. No, they they should do that because they uh, well at least the NCAA tournament did Middle Tennessee wrong. Uh, was in 2019 or whatever that was. Yeah. But yes, yes. Um, that that's the deal, right? The goal is to win, get to the NCAA tournament. That's the goal. So how do they do that? Uh, again, to me, I think the best way is making it more likely to win the conference tournament. And you do that by earning a buy. In this league, in this season, you get that by finishing first or second in your division. So 14 teams, there's two seven-team divisions, uh, east and west. We're in the west. Last year, we had a chance to finish in the top two. We blew that by losing back-to-back games to UAB at home in Denton. And so that put North Texas in the, was it the Tuesday game or the Wednesday round, I forget, uh, and meant they, they had just about the toughest realistic way to go. They, the toughest would be having to, like, play that first round, and they would have had to finish sixth, and I think, you know, whatever. But they they played, um, I can't remember, Middle Tennessee, right? Middle Tennessee they played first. Middle Tennessee, which they, they struggled for a little bit in the first half. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's like, oh, man. And so they, they beat Middle. Then they played Old Dominion, right? Uh, beat Old Dominion, and that was a tough game. Then they had to play the next day. It was three games in a row, Louisiana Tech. And that one, late in the game, you can start to see where some legs are getting a little tired, a little weak. But they powered through it. Big win. And then finally, uh, you know, West Kentucky. That's tough. Four wins in four days. Very tough. And they played an overtime game uh, in, in there somewhere, too, right? I think in well, – The Western Kentucky game was overtime. Yeah. Uh, and then the the tech game, there's a lot of minutes for a lot of uh, important guys. It was tough. You don't want it tough. You want to make it easier on yourself. And that means getting the best seed because that means you're going to play the worst possible teams. And, again, uh, you don't take anybody for granted, but you'd rather play a team that will maybe beat themselves versus a team that has fewer weaknesses, right? So so this has been mentioned on, uh, I think it was by Bruni first, who used to be in – um, the mean green 24 seven person now he works for LSU um, was talking about the seedings and, and almost if it'd be easier to be the two seed, because then you don't have to go through the one seed from the West and the three seed. Like you wouldn't have to go through Louisiana tech or you wouldn't have to go through UAB. If you're the two seed, then you get the one seed from the East, which is either middle <laughs> or, you know, FAU and you feel better about that. And then your, your other, um, but then you could have, you know, Western Kentucky. And again, they're down, but they still have, you know, they're still one of the more talented rosters. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there's really no, you'd like to have a buy no matter what, right? Yeah. But this team has proved that, you know, they did it last year. I'm sure that if they were, if something bad happened and they were the three seed again, I'd feel comfortable with them making a run. 
through. I mean, it, it just. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the day. I'm, I'm not a fan of trying to pick your opponent. You know, like, oh, well, let's lose this game so that way we can play. I don't, yeah, I, mean, I don't that. think that, the, you know, I'm not saying <laughs> that, but I think as a, you know, last year, it, it, you know, and I was kind of like writing them off after last, the last game that, you know, they lost and you're like, I don't know if they can make it in this tournament, but then, uh, you know, you're thinking about it. Well, really, they just need something to go right for them. Like they had that string where they lost. You know, all they had to do was win like one game and they would have won like the West or gotten the buy yeah. and they couldn't do it. And then you're like, if they could just get some positive positivity going, then maybe they start hitting it. And then that's what they did. They got some positive play. JV on Hamlet found himself and, and then the rest is history. So again, for this year, you know, it's the same type of thing. They, there's probably not that one player that's going to carry him. It'll be the defense again. And, you know, they have enough guys in the rotation to make that extra day if they have to. Sure. But I don't, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so I agree with all this. This is a good team. And, and, and similar, you made the same point that I made in the thing that I, I feel like Western Kentucky is probably going to bounce back. My gut tells me that North Texas is going to lose one of these uh, five, six games we have left. One, two, three, four, five, six games. So it's Florida Atlantic, UAB. Two tough games. If they came out of this, and they're both away, uh, you know, Ken Palm calls it an A and a B, right? Or B, Florida Atlantic, A, UAB game, right? Um, if they come out 2-0 and in this one, you're ecstatic. Because it, it, it basically means you have um, locked up a bye. And for me, I think that's that's all you can ask for, right? Like when you're making goals, like you be like win the regular season, sure, all that stuff. But you never know who else is going to be good, you know, like who else is winning their games. So it... Like some seasons you need to be undefeated to win your division and another season you just need to win, you know, lose fewer than, than five games. And like you look at the East, the East is a lot easier to win this season, right? FAU's they've lost four times in conference. North Texas has only lost the one time, but they're being chased by two very good teams. Uh, Tech and UAB are ready to pounce. Uh, they're very good teams. And if UAB wins this game here, right, against North Texas, Let's let's assume in this in this uh, scenario, North Texas beats FAU, they play UAB and they lose. So that would mean North Texas has two losses in, in conference, both to UAB. So UAB has the tiebreaker, and that means playing Southern Miss, Louisiana Tech, which is a huge game, UTSA, UTEP means you cannot slip up. If UAB wins out the rest of the way, North Texas loses another one to any of those four, and the most likely of those four is the Tech one, then all of a sudden you, you, you don't win the division, right? So that's the You have room to slip up, sure, but, um, you know, you don't want to assume that because you never know. If, if you go 2-0, and o, you pretty much, like you said, you secure your buy. If you go 2-0, and o, you also keep your at-large bid hopes alive while mm-hmm. slim, but you still keep them alive. If you go 1-1, one one, your at-large hopes, they're gone, but you still have that possibility of a buy. Right, yeah. still hanging there if you take care of business. So, I mean, and if you go zero and two, then you know you still got you can still get the buy. You just have work to be done because you still yeah. have the game, you know, over Louisiana Tech. So you're still ahead of them, but then you're really you're two games behind, almost like UAB at that point, and you don't know what UAB is going to do. And I mean, I, I feel like you just want them. I hate trying to you know, predict what it'll be like 
coming out of this weekend, but you just want to see them play well, right? Yeah. Yeah. I feel yeah. like if, if they're themselves at worst, they're one and one. And if at best they're two and oh. That's the thing about basketball, right? Like it's it's a rhythm game. You play so often that it's not like you can control all the factors. Like some days if anybody has ever played basketball at any level, even going to the park, you think, man, I killed it at the park yesterday. I was hitting everything. And then you go out the next day, and you can't hit anything. That happens to you, right? You can try. I'm shooting the same way. These are my shots, whatever. You can, you know, my coach, you can control your effort and defense. And that's that's what you can control. That can help you out. Some days, and it was a little bit of this in that Old Dominion UAB game, the other team was just making some shots. Like, you know, uh, if you have a big physical dude, that just in the lane throwing up a circus shot, there's not too much you can do to stop them. And if it goes in, you're just like, well, okay. But what you can make sure you do is that you're you're in the right spots. You're you have a hand in their face. You're trying to block out. You're you know you're doing everything that you can. If they're hitting 40 footers, you know, 15 40 footers in your eye, then that's it. That's the game. You know, you lost it because they were they they were better at circus shots than you are, and that's it. So. Um, that's that's what sucks about basketball, right? Because you can have a great season and just have one slip up in the, in a in a single elimination game. That's what really sucks, like about the conference tournament. And yeah. I mean, it was great for us last year because we struggled, and we you know, if the season ended in the regular season, title goes to Louisiana Tech. Hey, they're in the tournament, and we don't have that opportunity to bounce back in the conference tournament. Mm-hmm. Versus this year, where you're like this is a really good team. And if they finish out and they only lose one conference game to then turn around and like have something happen in the conference tournament, you're going to be like, you know, as fans, we're going to be disappointed, but man, like as a player, those guys are going to be even way more disappointed than we are. And you, it would just suck to have that happen. So it's like, how do you balance that, you know, out for like really a fan is probably a little bit tougher. Cause like, for me, I'm already stressing about the conference tournament. I'm like, (laughs) Man, I don't know how I'm going to handle these three this, days. This is, I mean, that's college basketball for you, right? Big time college basketball. There have been some fans that are they're rooted for an undefeated team all the way until the championship game, and then that's it. They, they don't Which, win. I mean, it, yeah, it's that's the, the way it goes. It's the life of a mid major, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. you know, we don't have the, we don't have, you know, the luck or, I'm, that's not the word I was looking for. We don't have. Yeah, the luxury of, you know, getting those automatic bids like some other teams, you know, the majors do. You know, they can have an average season. You can have a Syracuse season and get in as an 11 seed, right? Mm-hmm. They're always going to take that over a North Texas team or Middle Tennessee that, you know, loses one conference game and then loses in the conference tournament. I, you know, we needed – UAB and North Texas both needed themselves to continue to play at an extremely high level and only lose to each other for there to be an at-large chance. UAB doesn't have that anymore. No. And, I mean, uh, UAB was ranked the highest in, uh, like, Ken Palm's efficiency ratings uh, up until they lost Old Dominion. Now North Texas is the highest team. It was, like, in the 40s, right? I think it's, like, 45 or something. Yeah, they moved up. They were 48, you know, kind of after our week. Now they're 45th. Yeah. Um, and UAB is 48. Yeah, I guess a, a takeaway you can get from this, right, is don't wait until March, uh, was it 5th or 8th or whatever it is, to start enjoying this basketball team. They're good now. Go, you know, Watch Two the, home games left. Yeah, Southern Miss, which isn't Tech. great. 
But Louisiana Tech should be a packed. I mean, obviously, you know, we're not going to have a 10,000 people there, but there should be 6,000 people plus for that game, right? And it should be an appreciation for the program, right? And it's not like these aren't guys that you can't root for. It's not like it's a team full of self-centered individuals that are just wanting to congratulate themselves. These are good people. Right. And that's what makes this team probably even more enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Like everybody that you see their stories roll out. You see Perry's story roll out. Yeah. Well, hear, that, uh, Tyler Perry, he grew up a North Texas fan, which is crazy, right? Yeah. That you don't see a whole lot. I mean, in life of the mid majors, and maybe some guys, there's not a whole lot of, yeah, I grew up uh, a North Texas fan. You know, there's, I don't know how many people grew up Louisiana Tech fans. Uh, you know, like everybody, a lot of other guys grow up. I was UT. Or, you know, Oklahoma or, you know, something else like that. And, and, and you know, I, I didn't get an offer there, but now I'm in love with this school. Looks down at your chest, right? The school. The yeah, I mean, it, it, was, it was a great thing that, you know, that his <laughs> family member had gone to UNT. And, you know, those just – if you don't have the opportunity, sometimes, you know, listening to coaches' shows is kind of like a rah-rah type of thing. But each yeah. week, you know, North Texas brings on one of the players to talk and they all have great stories and it's worth, you know, the five, 10 minutes that they're talking and talking to Dave Barnett about, you know, Thomas Bell talking about in the old dominion game where, you know, he forgot to bring his extra contacts mm-hmm. and, and he's out there like squinting and he didn't tell coach that he didn't have his extra contacts. So he can't <laughs> really see. He was like, but I made all my free throws that game. Maybe you should <laughs> you know do one eye free throws. I don't know. You know, in a, in a game on, I forget. My contact popped out and have it. I had to play. I had the hugest headache with one contact in a game one time. That I don't. I don't recommend it. Yeah, um, I mean, and the, the Tyler Perry talking about the story where the kids from the one junior high challenged him to come play them in you know recess type mm-hmm. thing. He was like, "All right, I'll be there." <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just they're just good people. It's 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 really fun to watch them play on the court, but. Again, the type of people they are makes it really easy to root for. So there you go. Go find go February 24th, 26th. Those are the last two home games. If you can make it out, I mean, go go to Birmingham, right? Go watch them play at UAB. Uh, go down to San Antonio March 3rd. Uh, it'll be like 90 degrees in San Antonio by then time. Um, uh, San Antonio. Uh, uh, yeah, I was, again, Min Green Nation HQ has moved to the Midwest uh, for various life reasons. I mentioned this on the on the site. So, you know, I'm a basketball fan. I went out to go see St. Louis University, or SLU is what they call them. Uh, and Chaffetz Arena is nice. I was like, oh, this is a nice nice place, nice arena. They got a good little team. Um, and I make I say all that because, uh, you know, when, I, when MGN HQ was in San Antonio, I'd make it out and go watch UTSA play, right? Because, again, I'm a college basketball fan, you know. <laughs> And it's just night and day, you know, like you go to it's it's almost uh professional level. It, it's definitely good enough or, you know, a good experience. And you go to the other one, it is barely more than a high school, you know, arena there. And so it kind of sucks that North Texas got to, has to go down and it will have to go down in the AAC still uh, to play at UTSA's um, uh, port excuse for a basketball arena. But you can make it down there, uh, cheer for the Ming Green, watch them blow out. Uh, UTSA, maybe make it out to El Paso, do that too. Yeah, I think like you know, as we're we're wrapping this up, we're coming to the end, but we should focus a little bit of time, like on your feelings for the UAB game, like previewing that a little bit, since it is 
probably the highlight of the weekend. And, you know, they seem to have our number. Uh, they seem to, you know, they've beaten us for what? It's five three, times. A is it, uh, it's three straight when we've had a really good team. And, um, yeah, they like I think the other one, if I remember right, it was sort of like three years ago. I, I can't remember that far back. We beat them in Bartow in Birmingham. Yeah. That's the last time we won. And that was the really good squad that that was the COVID year. Yeah. Um, what do I think about? I think that North Texas played uh, about as good of an offensive game. Like, oddly enough, like they, they played really well. And yet, um, you know, UAB just kind of handled us. Uh, I thought that was, you know, a little frustrating. All that said, we only lost by, was it six or seven points? It was like UAB controlled the game. North Texas sort of made a little run, but they could never just break it open or anything like that. Um, they couldn't really impose their will. Uh, there was just too much physicality. I thought their defense is just tough to get through. I think North Texas, however, is a better team than they were in beginning of January. Like now they, they've, they've sort of established some things. I think winning at Louisiana Tech was huge for their confidence, uh, even in, especially the way they did it. Uh, winning at Western Kentucky, cause, you know, again, Western Kentucky is down, but winning at Western Kentucky was huge, right? That was something we hadn't done in, like, I don't know, forever. Um, and that is, you know, like I said, focusing on the details, whatever. I think that's made them a more mentally tough team, and I think they're more ready to play UAB, you know, at Bartow. And, you know, I, I, I think they're excited for that challenge just because, like I said, UTEP, they're a solid team, but I don't think anybody was, was scared of UTEP. Uh, UTSA, terrible. Uh, Rice, they're not good. Um uh, I think they're excited to play a team that I, was, I don't know how to phrase it can play on their level. You know what I mean? They can speak that same language. Like, you know what? Rice is a good little squad and they're trying to whatever. Evie's kind of good. And you know, this guy, okay. But UAB, we got to, you know, they're going to bring their game, their best effort. Uh, that's exciting, right? They know that, you know, they can get up for that challenge. It's a challenge. They're competitors. They're, they're excited about that. And so I think that's, that's good. We're going to see the best out of North Texas, I think, in that game. Yeah. I, you know, there's been a lot of talk like, you know, how do we beat UAB? Like, what, you know, because it doesn't seem like, okay, we, we tried to speed up the game a little bit more than we're used to. And I think, you know, our offense flowed pretty well. Yeah. The first game where we really got beat was the boards. Mm -hmm. And that's something that North Texas, after that game, is, you know, they took offense to how they got handled. And that's going to be a determining factor. How does Thomas Bell, Thomas Bell handle his matchup against Buffin? Right, he didn't play well last time. Uh, we have to have him play well um, and win that matchup. How does Usman handle Jemison? Jemison was like on fire. Guy, you know, he's not a great offensive threat, but Usman just could not handle him really well. And the other thing is, I think you know, for you know, Jelly Walker, Jordan Walker, the guard that transferred there from Tulane. He's an amazing player. He is a great player. He makes UAB what it is. Mm -hmm. um, like he's been the difference in their team because before it was they were really good kind of defensively, but you know offensively they didn't have somebody. Now this guy can shoot from anywhere on the court, but he does take bad shots at times. <laughs> and I think where UAB's gotten into trouble in some games is that he's taken you know he's going like two of 12 or three of 13 from three-point range and if north texas is able to to 
make him take bad shots, challenge shots, and rebound effectively, then I feel pretty confident about their chances of going in there and, and winning that game. Yeah, the the uh, I was going to make a point about UAB. That dude, Michael Ertl, right? He was kind of their guy, right? He was their perimeter scoring threat last year. Mid-range he, champion. Yeah, and that's the thing is that, like, he missed an open shot. I think mean, he, he made a clutch shot, and then he missed the next one against Western Kentucky, and that basically eliminated them in the semifinal round. It very well. It was, you know, minutes away from uh, being North Texas versus UAB for the conference title game last year. Uh, UAB was very good. And, I mean, that would have been good for us to kind of exercise some demons, but I also thought it was great for us to beat Western Kentucky, uh, especially for long-time North Texas fans that go back to the Sun Belt time. Um, you know, th- this is this game, this UAB game, reminds me a lot of the Western Kentucky late-season games uh, in the COVID year um, where um, it was like, it's a test for North Texas. Like, can you beat a very good team? Team expected us to win, you know, at home or on the road, whatever. Late season game, it kind of matters, right? It's for, like, seeding and stuff. Can you do it? You know, North Texas, that was like a, hey, we're ready to compete moment. I think everybody kind of knows North Texas is ready to compete in this one. So this is just a big game, and it's a preview of a possible conference tournament battle. So I don't know that you go all out, right, break out exotic defenses, but... I think this is the last preparation for some tournament, um, you know, scheming and preparation that you're going to be doing in, a, in less The only guy time. that's breaking out exotic defenses is Andy Kennedy. I mean, they, <laughs> they, they're going to throw everything that they can at North Texas. North Texas is who they are. Yeah. They're man-to-man. They're going to be in your face, and that's it. And they're going to take their time and be patient. You know, really, when I don't know if anybody watched, like, Villanova – and Providence last night, it was a great game. But, you know, I, I compare North Texas to like a mini-me in Villanova where yeah. it's not a lot of huge guys on the floor, but it's everybody winning their their um, their battle possession by possession. They play really good defense. And it's you a know, group just, of- just to support your point, and, and uh, you can continue this after. I was watching Hoop Vision. That guy does a really good job breaking down all this stuff. Uh, he was talking about defense and switchable teams. Uh, he, he sort of made that point, like North Texas is a – we don't switch a lot. We stay man-to-man, but we do like Villanova, what Villanova does. So, uh, yeah, supported point by a guy that, that I, he's a former assistant coach and stuff. But please continue. Yeah, I mean, you know, Villanova was kind of one of those first teams to do it where everybody was switching. Um, you know, you, you have the interchangeable guys, and, and that's kind of what North Texas – is becoming, you know, and hopefully that's what they continue to grow into being that program. Maybe get a, a few more, you know, taller guys, six foot five. You know, if you can get three three Reuben Jones as your guards <laughs> that, you know, have the shot of Drez that play the defense of Reuben and JJ and can block shots like Thomas and rebound, you know, hey, you'd be you'd be a sweet sixteen team. <laughs> well yeah, yeah. If only you can get really good players that change the game. and ma- Yeah, so just running down the team, right? Trey Jemison, their dude, seven-footer, just about. Big dude. Uh, he's tough inside. He's, a, he's the heart of their defense, like physicality. But like you said, uh, uh, Quan Jackson, uh, K.J. Buffin, 6'4", six, 6'7". Six, you know, they're in that range. They got long arms. They they do a lot of getting steals and getting runouts, right? Michael Ertl plays within their system. Uh, and then Jelly Walker is their scorer in their system. 
uh, a lot of it is like jelly. I mean, he's he's super fast too. That's the thing. He'll he'll fly <laughs> around pick and rolls and then get into the lane before he can do anything. North Texas held him to 17, but also that there was not a whole lot of possessions. He can score from anywhere, and that's the thing you got to worry about. Uh, similar, Michael Ertel, uh, he's another guy that can score. He can get his own shot. North Texas has done a good job against him in the past, but I mean he can he can score. You know, like he, you got to look out for him. Uh, on our side, we're gonna need everything that we normally get from Thomas Bell, but I think we're gonna need an especially good game from Tyler Perry. Um, like just you know, less of the um, you know I'm kind of feeling my way into it, but maybe he just comes out and hits like three or four in a row, or just like you know, give North Texas some confidence, get some easy scoring uh, where they're not grinding out. There's a difference between being deliberate and then grinding out a possession, right? Being deliberate is like we're making the passes we want and we're looking for opportunities that we want. Uh, grinding out a possession is like everything is tough. We're like even swinging the ball, moving the ball from you know one side to another is tough and we're we're taking shots that the defense is making us shoot. Or we're, we're you know like if we're we're getting a shot that uh, getting a shot by a guy that we want it's it's a tough shot. Um, that's a big difference. North Texas is usually able to get a shot that they want that comes within the flow of their offense. It just the offense is a little slower. Um, UAB is a team that will make you take tough shots, like you know like shots that you don't want, where you don't want them, and by guys that you don't want to shoot them. Uh, that that's the tough part. But I I feel good. I, I just I, I like our defense, and I think I mean UAB has been caught caught standing around sometimes, right? They, all their losses are on the road against teams they haven't they should not lose to, right? They lost yeah. to Marshall, <laughs> uh, right. terrible. Uh, they lost to Rice, that was terrible, and they lost to Old Dominion, which is not terrible, but they're not they're not they're not the Old I Dominion mean, of old. You gave up eighty points to Old Dominion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean that was a deal too. Is that like Old Dominion was putting it to them? Like, yeah, they got a couple of tough shots, but they they were they were also taking the ball away from them and getting runouts. And it was a it was either is it Trice or somebody was like, oh, let me do a windmill on a fast break. And I think that broke UAB a little bit. They were just kind of like, dang, they we can't bully ball these dudes because they're bullying us. You know, they're getting buckets and they're laughing and joking and dancing on the way down. And they're only up ten. It's not like they were like up twenty five points. Like they're not scared of us. So I, I mean, I think UAB is a little bit like, um, you know, what should we do? I feel good about it. I, I think we can compete. We're going to compete well against them. But I, I can see us getting a loss over there. I don't think we're going to get blown out in Bartow. But you know, it is college basketball. You never know. Even if we did lose by ten, it, it doesn't matter. It's just move <laughs> on to the next one. Yeah. You know, it, it's all going to matter in Frisco. Yeah. North Texas I, lost two games to UAB last year and still won a conference tournament. It's fine. You can do it, right? You just got to avoid them in the conference. So hey, just to recap, here's what you're rooting for. You're rooting for North Texas wins. We have room, even if we lose. So if we lose to one of these two teams this weekend, or even to both of them, you don't need to sell your season tickets or quit or start talking. You know, It's still fine. Everything is within reach. Southern Miss, uh, UTSA, and UTEP are very terrible teams, and North Texas has demonstrated that they can handle the very terrible teams. They went to Southern Miss and beat them by 10. And that was a sort of a tough game. They didn't have Tyler Perry in that one. Uh, you know, they, didn't, they never were threatened, and that's the deal, right? Like, they, that was the game where they didn't play well, and they, they won by 10. Um, UTSA whooped them at home. UTEP handled them at home. 
those are trap games because you can maybe lose to them because if you're not if you're not paying attention to the details, as we said. Well, we know this team pays attention to details, so I don't. I'm not really worried about those. Those teams will help you uh, win because they like to beat themselves. You know, uh, they have terrible offenses. They like to turn the ball over. They don't know what they're supposed to do sometimes. Uh, when it gets tough, when you take away their first option, they're like, "Well, I guess I'll just chuck up a three. That's not how you win games. Anyway, um, anything else that we want to mention, um, Mr. Godecker? No, I mean, my final comment would be just, um, and I post it almost after every game, just enjoy the ride, right? It's a great team to watch, to to cheer for. Mm-hmm. Um, so enjoy it. It's, it's a special season. What they've done three seasons in a row now is special, too. Um, great coaching staff. Appreciate them. If you can, get out and support them. Go see them. I mean, they deserve it. They deserve to have a packed super pit. That's all I got. I just here's oh, I'm gonna do some criticism. I just bought the uh, the all week pass, all season, whatever it's called for the conference tournament in Frisco. So I'll be down there. But I gotta say the the guy that sold me the tickets, um, he was like, "Okay, thank you, bye." I had to tell him go mean green. Like it's, it should be go mean green all the time. Uh, beyond that, I think we're gonna try to do a little get together for people that uh, listen or, or or watch or read. Mean Green Nation, MeanGreenNation.com. Uh, so stay tuned for that. I'll let you know. It'll probably be like well, maybe just rent a spot somewhere in Frisco, and I'll see if I can't buy y'all a beer. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm not a rich guy, so <laughs> don't don't expect the highest quality. It might be some bush light. You know, <laughs> like what what is this? What what do all the IP look, son? I gotta pay the bills first. You know, so it might be something like that. Uh, you're welcome. State like I said, follow the the. Mean Green Nation Twitter, uh, subscribe to whatever it is that you can subscribe to. Just pay attention to that, uh, so that way you can get some details. Uh, should be fun. We'll have a good time, uh, even if the conference tournament doesn't go our way. Uh, I I do like basketball. I'm a big basketball fan, and I think the conference tournament is the greatest value. Like you get to see up close, really high quality basketball uh, for a very good price. You know what I mean? You, Try to go to the, uh, an NBA game and sit only five rows up, uh, and you, yeah. Uh, unless you're you're making it big in some Bitcoin, you know, you, it's gonna cost you a nice chunk of change. You go up to Frisco. Is it 125 bucks for the whole thing? You can, you can get some great basketball games, or even some some boring basketball games. But there's a lot of them. It's a whole tournament. It's it's great. Um, and they're they're uh, good players, good teams. Conference USA has about five. Really good teams. Five decent teams. There you go. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Mean Green Nation podcast. Thanks for listening. You can find uh, Greg on Twitter. What are you, no names? No name, please, or something? What is your Twitter? Something like that. I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I retweet him a lot. So, you, you know, y'all, can, y'all can figure How out what that is. How lately you have been? Uh, um, let me see. I retweeted right here. Yeah, it's MG underscore BB all report <laughs> uh and i am Mingry nation on twitter this is it go me green and we're done